This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City. With John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengill sitting in the studio with Jonathan Green. And we have our special guest going to be with us the entire night in studio, Tony Calderon. Tony, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been years. Jonathan was just saying it's been what five or six years. When I moved to Austin, Tony Calderon was introduced to me on Rainy Street as, and, and he was the first person in motorsport. And I was so glad to, that there was somebody there weren't too <laughs> interested many of us in back this then. strange thing. Yeah. Really, that I did. Like the very first person in Austin yep. you met—that's pretty cool. Because a person in my apartment complex introduced me, and they were friends. And he was a mechanic. That was like 2010 or something? Yeah, probably something about like that, that. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's cool. Well, Tony's been on the show a couple of times, and I'm going to try to do your bio, Tony, but I know I'm going to leave something out. I know you're the one of the founders of Speed Group. Yes. And that's with James Hinchcliffe and, and some other David folks. David Martinez. David yes. Martinez, that's right. right. I know David. I should have remembered that. Mm-hmm. And Tony is the chief growth officer with Valkyrie Intelligence. That is really cool, mm. and we're going to talk a lot about that because – Every industry on the planet is talking about AI and how data is generated these days, and you guys have been doing it in motorsport. That's right. So uh, we're going to talk all about that. And hats, and hats off to your boy Hinch, both good on the TV and the radio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I heard you got to hang out with him a little bit I ago. did. I did. You know, Chris Medlin and I do the Wednesday show, Wheel to Wheel Formula One show on national radio, and Hinch joined us for the final show of the season, and I've got Graced a clip. his presence. Yeah, he was... He, was, he, is he blew good. me away with, I mean, he's a fantastic broadcaster. Yeah, and, now he's and, doing the F1 stuff. And, and his knowledge, stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and his knowledge of Formula 1 was just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I love it when factor. a driver has literally could, you know, still has the wherewithal to go world-class racing. He could jump in and do an Indy 500 at any time, and he could do a full season of Indy any time. Um, but he's on the other side of the fence more so now than he was. And uh, so that makes it just... I mean, you listen intently to what he's got to say because it's like, well, you know these guys. You've raced against these guys, so your opinion matters. Uh, and also, Tony, is um, – I don't remember what all you did, but you basically were the driving force behind Gentleman Driver, the movie yes. on Netflix. You were the exec yeah. producer. What else? I mean, what you you did everything, right? Um, but, well, it was a small team, so we all had many hats. <laughs> but, yeah, executive producer. We did a little bit of uh, editing, directing, mostly just making sure it – it happened, yeah. and that people watched it, and that it wasn't too bad, and turned out to be pretty good. No, so we it was a, it was it. a yeah. great movie, and if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll put out the link. I think Casey, will producer, will probably throw it up on the screen on YouTube. Um, but it's a fantastic movie about the gentleman driver, yeah. about and what that means. And, yeah, yeah, and and the behind the scenes and all that. It was really, really well done. I, I think just, you, yeah, just appreciate it for those who don't know. Gentleman drivers are basically businessmen. Uh, they are not professional motor racing drivers. That's not how they earn their money. But they've earned in their own business uh, a chance to go racing, and they generally employ. Uh, a professional racing driver to teach them the skills and then take them on and become teammates, which it's really, it's it's one of the, I, it, I'm glad you told the story because it, I think it's one of these unicorn things within motorsport that is so rare. It's not like you could ever go on a tennis court, you know, with Rafa Nadal and say, hey, you know what, I'll be your, I'll be your doubles partner. It would, it just wouldn't, you know. Yeah, or playing the NFL. Yeah, or if you the teach NBA, me how yeah, what yeah, you do, exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't swap in for Dak Prescott, you know, and do a three throws, you know. <laughs> well, what else did I leave out, Tony? I know you got some other projects in the works right now, but what else have you? 
Have you done? Uh, and- no, I mean, yeah, it was like I grew up in motorsports and uh, and made a, a good career out of it. Uh, so we, you know, got a chance to do all kinds of stuff, manage a bunch of successful drivers, and work in all kinds of series. Uh, not unlike Jonathan here, and uh, traveled the world with it, and then eventually made the movie, which was which is awesome. It was an unexpected uh, side Turn project your... that turned into a huge, <laughs> uh, a huge accomplishment. So obviously very proud of that. And, and then I got to sort of switch over to the, um, to the corporate side. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur and had this amazing opportunity to come and grow um, the growth team at Valkyrie, which is a very successful AI company. But with always the goal of like, is there a way to join this awesome tech company and, and use motorsports to grow it both, on the tech side and on the business side, on the marketing side. So now I get to kind of be a sponsor on one side, but I still get involved in the racing side. So I'm kind of living my best life right now, you know, trying to um, to to still be involved in racing, but now in a different way where I can contribute from a different side. Um, and then back to the movie stuff, I'm also working on a sort of a, a sequel to The Gentleman Driver or um, more of like a spinoff uh, where it would be a, a docu-series uh documenting amateur drivers and the the whole amateur concept in motorsports just like we were talking about which is something that you don't really get to see in other sports so so how does it vary from what i just described then because it it is a similar feel yeah i would say the movie was very focused on very successful businessmen right that race cars you know made a bunch of money and then and then were very successful ceos and entrepreneurs and then they applied that knowledge into how to build their own team and you know and what it takes to go from from running a multi-billion dollar uh company to then racing against professionals and and being that so so that was more of a narrow focus obviously we're trying to do a docuseries now which uh has to have a much more broader appeal you know because you're you're talking to bigger networks it's not just one uh you know the movie was a feature length documentary so it was just one of this will be multi-episodes. So we're just trying to go a little broader with the audience. It's not just a bunch of... Uh, it's not a, just about wealthy uh, guys that can race. It's a little more about, well, in sports cars, amateurs can be... It, it, technically, within a few you know minor details here and there, anybody can race in sports cars, right? You can be man or woman. Mm-hmm. You can be any race, any age, any background. Um, any level of experience, you know, within limits, right? There is a place for you in sports cars. So we're trying to explore a broader story there where, yes, we we will probably have like very successful entrepreneurs in the show as well. But we might have also a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. That is, that, that wants to make, turn professional, but it's not professional yet. Or we might have, there's somebody we're talking to, uh, she's a grandma, and she races cars, you know? So that's a cool awesome. story, right? <laughs> uh, so we're just trying to go a little broader and, and, and find those stories because... Um, it's not my grandma. No, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, I, I can't say. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm, it's, a, it's a secret. So, um, <laughs> well, I partnered with uh, a very successful Hollywood director, Brad Payton, who's directed a very big movies like Rampage, uh, San Andreas. Okay. He just finished filming um, Atlas, which is a big movie with Jennifer Lopez, a Netflix movie. So he knows how to tell a story that goes to the masses and that, you know, any, anybody can be a a part of. So he's helping me kind of craft the, you know, think outside the box and sort of look from the outside in, as opposed to the movie, the gentleman drives a little more like it was told. I mean, I always wanted everybody to watch it, but it was really more of a legacy legacy piece of content that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. for the world, the the racing world. This is more like if any, if our grandma watched it, like, you know, this show, could they be, a part of it, not unlike obviously what Drive to Survive has done, right? Um, yeah. Which has really been able to show the world what how amazing the Formula One world is, and it's obviously been fantastic for 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 fans and for and for the viewership of F One. So we're trying to kind of do that for sports cars, but also but while being the anti Drive Survive, we don't you know we don't want to compete against them. It's complete opposite. There's no glamour here. There's no superstars. There's no fame. There's no yeah, it's the money. antithesis, it's really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. in a way, so that's yeah. Kind of what we're going for, yeah. Well, so, and also, you know, just as a footnote, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. If you get on Prime or Netflix or any of the platforms that you go to, Hulu, you name it, and really dig deep and put motor racing in and put speed or whatever it might be, you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, 
uh, the gentleman driver, Upper T. There's some great stuff out there that, that yeah. if you're new to motor racing or you're just learning Formula One or you're just getting into sports cars, whatever it might be, there's a lot out there that really has been well done. There's a great one on Paul Newman. Um, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, there's you know, a bunch his of them, career. right? Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that, we're going to talk about the IndyCar series. What is it? 100 Days yes. to Indy. We're going to talk about that because, Tony, I know you want to talk about that. We've got some Formula One stories we're going to talk about, some stories about Circuit of the Americas. But I want to I want to start by talking about artificial intelligence and what you guys have been doing. I've got, I see you got your United Auto Sports shirt on and with the Valkyrie logo. Tell us the relationship Valkyrie to United Auto Sport, and then let's talk about what you're doing and what you're going to do with them. Yeah, of course. So Valkyrie, I'm very happy to say we're entering our second year as the official AI partner for United Auto Sports. Um, for those, I'm sure sports car fans know United really well. You know, it's a very, probably one of the biggest, most successful sports car teams in the world, owned by Richard Dean and Zach Brown. Um, I've had the pleasure of being involved with them in different ways. For many years, whether I worked with them directly or I had drivers that I used to manage uh, drive for them. And now, you know, like sort of my two worlds collided and we were able to create this partnership. And what we're doing is not unlike what you see with bigger F1 teams, you know, like uh, Oracle with Red Bull or Palantir with Ferrari, you know, these big, big tech companies creating technologies for these race teams that can help them in competition in some shape or form, right? So so we we spent all of 2022 with United um, sort of experimenting and building different things that we think together could could create an edge for the team. Basically, at the end of the day, you know, race teams are here to win races, right? So what can we do differently than the other teams to, to help them win races? So we've created, um, we can get more into detail out of it, but we've done a lot of work to really create a database of sports car races and then apply, uh, which by the way, it's, it's very hard to find like a proper database of races with results and with, with a way of really being able to analyze what has happened in these races. And once you can do that, then you can do fancy machine learning and AI stuff to really start. At the end of the day, you want to find patterns and then you want to use those patterns to be able to predict. Things, how much right? how much data is in that database? I mean, like sector times. I mean, how, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So we started uh, initially. What we're doing, we're, we're sort of like building a foundation, you know, uh, baby steps to 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 really create a, a proper tool. So what we started with is purely timing and scoring data that we that's publicly available, mm -hmm. publicly available, right? From so um, if anybody's interested, this is you can just Google Alcamel, IMSA Alcamel WEC, and you'll find. Um, data. Uh, basically, it's, it's just all the sessions, and, and within that data is sector times, driver name, uh, driver rank. Uh, actually, no, driver name, sector times, lap times. Um, that's about it, which is actually not a lot. So yeah. we had to write algorithms that went in and then deduced from that data: is there a yellow flag? Is it raining? Is is the pace picking up or down? Um, who are the drivers? What are the driver rankings of uh, that are yeah. there? When are the stints? All this stuff. You'll be surprised. It, it's actually quite minimal the data that you that you can get. So we had to sort of write a global and generic algorithms so that we could take all this. And we spent a lot of time this year just getting this data in the format that then we can go and apply machine learning models on it, and then start doing like the really fancy stuff where you're like, you know, at the end of the day, like the 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 north star we want to get to is kind of like some of the Formula One teams where you're doing simulations to to predict, well, if I do this right now, what are the, all the different scenarios that could happen with it? You know, if I pit now or if I don't pit now or if I put this driver in, what would happen? And then right. what's more like, what are the other teams more, more most likely to do? And can we tell if they're sandbagging or not? And can we understand what breeds yellows, for example? You know, is there, are there certain situations within track that will breed yellows? And more importantly, can we... Uh, another cool thing that, we're, that, we, that we've realized is you can start really analyzing driver performance regardless of the conditions that they're in, whether it's track conditions or even, uh, you know, we have some cool things that can tell me, well, this guy in the LMP2 car drove better than this guy in the GT Pro car. Well, those cars are going at completely mm. different yeah. speeds. And, Apples to oranges. But that's packed it in. Exactly. We're, we're, yeah. we're starting to normalize this. And then another super cool thing is we're really quantifying traffic 
which you don't uh, really get to see in sports cars too much, sure. even on and TV, right? But a lot of that is is interpret and interpolated, or you know, because you don't have that data like you're talking about. You see the slowdowns. Is it rain or is it a yellow flag and that kind of stuff? Before you answer, we got to get in sneak in a quick break, and we'll talk about that after the break. You listen to the Sunday Night with Speed City back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're talking with Tony Calderon in studio. We're going to talk some Formula One stories here in a few minutes. But, Tony, imagine, uh, what's her name with Red Bull? Hannah Sch- uh, Schmitz. Imagine her trying to do her job without data <laughs> these days. Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't. And now what you're trying to do is bring that power that they have in Formula One down to the masses, let's say, down to IMSA exactly. and everything else, essentially, right? Yeah, but, exactly. But, but let's let's finish the uh, the question that where were we? We were talking about um, the the data and um, what you guys are doing for uh, United. But- yeah, and I would say we, we were, we're, we're basically we're creating the foundation of being able to quantify traffic, uh, understand when uh, you know, look at historical data, look at a race ten years from now. Uh, sorry, uh, ten years ago. And really understand everything that happened there. When were the yellows? You'd be surprised if, if you download a race right now or, or the, the data from a race from 2012. 
it's you won't know if there were full course yellows, you won't know if there were safety cars, which sounds simple, but it just for whatever reason, the way races get recorded, mm-hmm. they're just not there. So we had to create algorithms that that, that um, understand what had happened. And also, you know, technically, if it was only just Wyke or just IMSA, technically, you know, somebody in a team could go and watch the videos and figure it out, but yeah. that's, that's not scalable, right? Because what we're trying to build is something that eventually will work for any race series in the world anywhere, right? Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. And, and at the end of the day, we want to understand what is the effects on traffic as far as driver performance and as far as car performance, um, how do the different driver lineups, how do they, those combinations, you know, in, in, at a macro level, how do those work across the season, for example, right? Um, really understand the, how to understand the, I don't want to say talent, but the performance of drivers across different classes, across different series, across different championships. Um, we're actually doing a a South by Southwest panel in March, which is called Money Bowling Motorsports, which is super cool. You know, we're kind of playing that yeah. base, baseball analogy. It's like there are ways. Um, there, racing has more data than any other sport, yet you see the least out of it. When you watch a, yeah. a football game, a baseball game, you know, soccer, you see World Cup right now, there's so much, so many stats and all that stuff, and there's very little data compared to racing. Racing is literally just, it's a data-driven sport. Yet we've done, in my opinion, a poor job of sort of taking that and you really utilizing it for the fans and for the teams themselves. Unless you are a, you know, obviously a Formula One team that has hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars to hire massive data science teams, right? Yeah. So, so that's what we're trying to do, sort of like bridge that gap. You know, Tony, when I think of AI, I think of I've, – I've talked to some people in the business world about it and how you can find things that you'd never think of in the data. And you can you can look at all the data, whether it's – I mean, like social media or all the data everywhere and come up with this little nugget and go, you know, there's a secret here that no one knows and that – it is so much data that humans can't look through all that, but that that the computers can is that is that sound is that a pretty decent explanation? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, at Valkyrie, obviously, we're, we're racing is what we do for because it's our passion and it's a great way to you know to be able to talk about what we do uh, and also uh, it's sexy. It's sexy, <laughs> and you know, it helps us with marketing and business development. But but at the end of the day, we are. What we usually do is in all kinds of industries and government, you know, yeah, we'll we'll do things like predict how many nine one one calls there will be in a certain market a, a week from today to help ambulance companies yeah. staff, yeah. yeah, right, or help banks understand what questions they should be asking when they're doing due diligence on a loan to lower um, the risk the risk of of somebody not paying back the, their loan, right, or yeah, helping. Media companies like SiriusXM or Activision, for example, understand the behavior of their players or or listeners as it relates to how they interact with whatever you know, whether it's a, a the the dashboard on the radio for SiriusXM or how somebody's using a certain type of gun of Call of Duty, for example. That's the kind of thing we do at Valkyrie. So mm-hmm. so yes, at the end of the day, there, you know, the human brain is really good at doing certain things. And by the way, AI is not. So don't. <laughs> yeah. From everything I've understood, robots are not taking over anytime soon. But but it also but it, it's also but by but machine learning and you know advanced computing and AI, it, it's also very good at taking a lot of data and finding patterns. And then as long as you give it the right direction and and the right um, features, like we call it, then yes, you can really start understanding or or predicting things that humans just would not be able to is, there, you, is there a good example of that that you guys have that you can share i'm sure you've got a plenty of them in in uh, business but what about motorsports of, about some little nugget that you found that you would never have found with just humans uh well like i said one one of my um one of the things we're exploring right now specifically in sports cars is is there a relationship between the 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 type of drivers that are on track at a specific time, and when I say that is the the driver ranking. So like gentleman drivers like bronze, you know, in sports cars you have bronze, uh, silver, gold, and yeah. platinum, right? Is there a relation between that and then the type of 
pace that's going on on the track and then track conditions and can we find patterns that we know like there's a higher possibility that there will be a full course yellow for example everybody has a gut feeling about it but, yeah but as far as i know nobody's quantified it that, that's one of the projects we're working on right now you know like is is there is there a there there right that, that um, is a great way to so, think about it gut feeling is, you know we've we've all worked on that that's how we've made in our our careers we've been good at gut feelings but you guys are taking that to the next level so, sorry Jonathan. yeah yeah for me it kind of sounds almost like a, a space thing where you you get to a situation where you have all of this information and you can run simulations you can literally run like a, like nasa do it's like well what happens if we change the rocket fuel by this much and, mm -hmm. da, da, da. and so you could do that i'm just wondering my crystal ball gets me all excited when you say that could you see the world these are obviously this is cutting edge technology but the world of betting is just getting into motor racing and yeah. i'm wondering whether this could be something that they would covet desperately to be able to say okay this this horse, <laughs> just like they do with horse. Yeah, you want to make real money, Tony? No. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I won't lie. It's, I'm not gonna say that we haven't been looking into that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, no, of course, right? And um, not not just in predictions because, I, well, I guess we, we could get very nuanced in, in betting. Depends who you're working with, right? If yeah. you're working with the house, then you don't want people to understand. You know, you just want right. to be able to have more interesting um, bets, right, or stuff like that, like. Although we have been approached as Valkyrie in the past with, by some people that want to help on like as on the betting side, see like uh, for horse racing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Are, are there? Can you help us be just more informed of what might yeah. happen yeah. here? You know, so absolutely. You know, people do that all the time, and I, I think makes sense. One of the things I was talking about before is like I think the, the the problem in racing is there there's so much data, so much more than any other sports, but also it is so there's so many variables, right? Um, there's weather, there's tires, there's hmm. track conditions, there's traffic, there's the aero yeah, wash, exactly. there's upgrades in the car, there's fuel loads, there's pit stops, there's mistakes that you know the drivers make. There, so the it's 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 just so much to it's, it. So what you know what everybody else and what we're trying to do is one at a time. Can you normalize the first one, you know, and then dismiss it? Then the second one, then the third one, you know, and then really start understanding what's happening. It's mind-boggling what yeah. what could affect. If you just keep going back, it's like the, the butterfly effect, right? Exactly. You just keep going back going. So when that driver left the house this morning, he got in, you know, his his neighbor backed into him and then put a little dent in his car. And you think, and that guy tweeted about it. And then maybe that affected his day later on. It's of course, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, I can't even. Yeah. yeah. It might take us a while to get to that yeah. level. But, yeah. but yes, exactly. Uh, well, fascinating. I know it's really. I, I'm going to follow. Hopefully, you will have a public version, or 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 somebody just said on YouTube, Jonathan. They said uh, for play by play, wouldn't it be nice to have oh, our own little God, can you imagine secret sauce of of well, data? That... And and it could be. I mean, you know, I'm not being funny, but as a commentator, it's getting harder and harder to bring something to the table um, that, that isn't out yeah. there. You yeah. know, it's like with Twitter. We know he's British. We know he's won the fourth time champion. We know this. We know that. So you know, if you're if you're a keen fan, which many are, and obviously in motorsport, uh, you can get most of the stuff off the internet. Yeah. We yeah. Had, we had a great um, partnership with your colleagues at Radio Lamar this yeah. year uh, with John Hindoff. Yes, uh, where we would send them, and this is still you know this is not necessarily very fancy machine learning stuff yet, but we would you know analyze every M and WEC race and come up with all these really cool traffic analysis and pace analysis and all this stuff that was just just things that you haven't seen so we would give them to john and uh they would use them for like pre-race during the race and then after the race they have a podcast like you guys every That's wednesday cool. i believe yeah and then you know it, it's it's a cool storytelling technique right because they would say yeah. like oh the the let's say the leading dpi car um ended up passing less cars overall during the 12 hours of Sebring, then the car that finished second. But that's because they had a better pit strategy, so they actually had to, you know, they, they stayed away from traffic or something like that, you know, yeah. but, which sometimes you can talk about a little in the broadcast, but it's very hard to actually quantify it. And we could literally quantify it, you know, like they passed 2.1 cars more per stint than the second car, you know, and that gave them a better pace, which here's <laughs> a pace average, right? You know, things like that. So so that, that, that was a really cool kind of experiment to see how that, very specifically in the sports car world, uh, how that related. And now... We're looking at doing that in other worlds. We've actually been talking to some NASCAR teams about some very advanced stuff like we do with United about, you know, are there Monte Carlo simulations, which is a fancy way of saying, you know, can you say if if we did something now, what are the thousand different outcomes? And out of those, what are the 
two percent the, the most likely outcome, kind of like predicting the weather. Basically, it's a very similar yeah um, yeah um, modeling uh, modeling yeah. yeah yeah. And you can't yeah like you say that there's going to be things that aren't foreseeable. But yeah yeah. Mm. At the end of the day, look, there's no magic. It's like everything else. Data. Like we say, it's data, and we just have to give humans a narrower window of decisions. Right? It's still it's at the end of the day, it's still a human decision. But if you're if you're picking between three choices instead of 10 choices or 100 choices, yeah. you're, you're already at a better spot. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right. Well, we're going to shift gears. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the docuseries, speaking of those, that IndyCar is coming out with to compete with Drive to Survive. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. And when we left, we're going to talk about the 100 Days to Indie new docuseries. That's the word of the day uh, coming up. And that's going to be on the CW Network. Interesting. A, yeah, a couple things came to mind that I want to get y'all's take on this is that, you know, they're saying it's it, – everybody knows it's their version of Drive to Survive, right? But um, in Drive to Survive was – is on was and is on Netflix, which for all intents and purposes, guys, is replaced cable, right? Everybody used to have cable. Well, now everybody's got Netflix, whether you've got 
your own login or were you using your parents or you've <gasps> stolen one? <laughs> or, or, uh, but the point is, is that, that that was such a huge platform and you, could, and you knew that you could be exposed to every kind of audience, right? Young people, people that had no idea. You know, it's like my, I love to tell the story of my daughter who was walking by this, the television while I was watching it. And, you know, there's all these young, good-looking F1 drivers, and she kind of slowed down and then sat down on the sofa, <laughs> and then is sucked into the show. And, you know, so, but I just worry about this series being on CW, and I think it's also going to be on Vice, I think is what I read. Yes. I think it's produced by Vice. Produ- the pro- produced sorry, by Vice. Vice is yeah. the media co- co- production with Penske, yeah. Yeah, and with I was Penske watching, Entertainment. Yeah. I don't know if y'all watched David Land on YouTube. He was talking about a couple of points that I thought were pretty good. One is that the average age on CW is 58, and, you know, Formula One is ki- with Drive to Survive is killing it in the lower, younger demographics, twenty-five-year-olds, and and um, but but to me, all this leads back to the also the the delay of the engine upgrade to hybrid with IndyCar too. You know, it, it's like, but but let's we'll we'll dovetail into that. But what do you think, Tony? First of all, about the whole idea of a series that IndyCar doing it. You think good idea? I mean, I, I know that they've been working. Uh, really hard on getting that off the ground for a while, and I yeah, I do think it's a good idea. I mean, look, you can't deny obviously yeah. the amazing success that uh, Drive to Survive has had for Formula One, and it's not just motorsports, right? Everybody wants to have their Drive to Survive or whatever, right? Of, NFL, uh, or, yeah, yeah. And other than NFL, I mean, you look at Hard Knocks and stuff like yeah. that, which which is fantastic. Um, yeah. So it is important. Um, I got the chance to have some conversations while working on my my sports car one with some of the IndyCar guys about it, uh, just kind of, you know, just behind the scenes, just talking about it. And in my opinion, IndyCar has a great opportunity, but also it's they got an uphill climb here because nothing's going to be compared more closely to F1 than IndyCar, right? Um, yep. In the grand scheme of things, not for us, but you know, for a, a mainstream audience, it's fairly similar type of racing. You know, the cars look similar-ish, right? Uh, it's a similar business concept, um, just not as much of the glamour and not as much of the popularity. Of course, you know, nothing's as big as F1. Um, so you you do have to be, and I I don't know the details of it, but I I I'm pretty sure they're very aware of this, and I'm sure they will find certain things. And certain themes, and hopefully the overall look and feel of it. That so it's not just the IndyCar version of Judge Survive. Hopefully, it is the IndyCar, you know, docu series that really showcase why IndyCar is so great. In my opinion, IndyCar is, as far as racing comes, is is much more exciting than F1, right? Um, yeah, you, you don't know who's going to win every, exactly every week. Um, yeah. And it sounds like this is sort of the lead up to to the Indy 500, which obviously you know should be really cool. But what I can tell you is, from my own personal experience, it's really, really tough to get one of these shows off the ground, and mm-hmm. and a major and a major component is the distribution part of it and yeah. the and the network. So, whatever the deal is with uh, the CW network, um, and Vi- I'm a big fan of Vice, so that that was a really cool surprise. I mean, I'm, they, they, I love their style. So if they can go that kind of journalistic vice style, I think it would be super cool and very different than Drive to Survive. Um, so in my opinion, whether it's the right network or not, we will see, but it's better than not doing it, right? So just get it out there, yeah. promote it. Um, sure, are you going to get the ratings that you get on Netflix? Probably not. But I, I don't think, it, I mean, of course it matters, but at the end of the day, like, you, you want to be able to tell those personal stories in in a way and then just, you know, just build it. So I'm really happy they're doing it. it yeah. It's a great, it, it's Good. it's a big step in my opinion. So. Yeah, and I think that um, there's two things that India found themselves in a strange position. They really do have a more exciting championship than ever uh, in yeah. terms of the drivers, in terms of the characters, in terms of the racing, as you mentioned. Um, and yet they sort of find themselves in a marketing hole with this, everybody talking about drives to survive and Formula One growing and Vegas and all that sort of stuff. And yet they're, they're not doing anything wrong. So there's been this swell. I did it sort of, deep dive today and it's like there's been this swell from the drivers and quite a few out, outspoken people saying hey we need to up our marketing we you know we need to attract some new, new new audience so they kind of looked at the drive to survive model because what people forget about the secret is you can either feed the converted as it were <laughs> or you can look to a new audience to try to attract them and that's what indie needs to do just like formula one the people who are interested in indie love it 
love everything about it and consume it. Free practice, you name it, all the way through the weekend. But if you put it on a CW, if you put it somewhere different, then there's a chance that you can, like Drive to Survive did, because it was on such a all-family platform, that you can perhaps, like your daughter or people, other people, get people as excited about indie. And it's, a, it's an easy, easy thing to do because it is. I mean, once they expose it, everybody will go, wow, this is Drive Survive and it's better because it's Americans and they're funny and fun. And, you know, it's not like yeah. you're dealing with languages a lot of the time. Uh, and they are, same sort of thing. Good-looking young guys, you know, making it. And they've all got a backstory, whether it be, you know, a personal life story or a divorce or a whatever. Everybody's got a human story, and that's what people forget. Motor racing isn't about pistons. It's about people, as Mr. Hinchcliffe once said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not about <laughs> pistons. It's, it's about people. Uh, well, yeah, it's I – th- I think you summed it up easily, Tony, is that they, let's do it. Let's get it out there. And it's like anything else. It's like software development is a great example. Get it, launch it, and fix it, you know, if you have to. But you obviously you want to make a good as good a product as you can to begin with. And that's the thing about a series versus a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one, Sometimes, like, you, a movie can take years to put together. Or a series, you can get it going and develop it a little bit as you go along. So maybe they can do that with, with IndyCar. Yeah, and I, I, at the end of the day, uh, like you said, there is a very strong IndyCar following. If worst case scenario, all of those people, including us, go watch that, and then it just makes us love IndyCar even more, then it's already a win, right? Yeah. But most likely, what will happen is that plus more, right? You will get more audience, you know, and the IndyCar events are amazing. If you go to Nashville, you go to Long Beach, you go to St. Pete, or yeah, yeah. the 500, Toronto, all these amazing places. Like, they're so cool, right? Um, honestly, in my opinion, overall, more fun as a weekend than the F1 weekends. You know, there's more of a festival atmosphere in general. It's not as expensive, you know, at least for Americans, you know, it's it's much more accessible. And the paddocks is a thousand times more accessible, right? So if you can portray that in the show and then you get a new wave of fans, then it's great. Yeah. And I think that there's... There also they can count on the you know is it the uh, rising tide lift all boats that yeah. that that drive to survive has helped IndyCar as well too. I know the ratings have gone up again this year with IndyCar as well. So Andy P on YouTube has a good comment. He says IndyCar needs to be careful. They do a lot that is great, but standing still while others are moving forward tech wise is not a good look. Hope the racing overcomes all in the end though. And and. Yeah, that's that's all that's often put at Indy's foot is that you know the, the real sort of if you if you like if you get a purist F1 fan who loves this technology, then they look at Indy as being a poor second cousin because it just isn't as sophisticated. But on the other hand, if you're a racer and you don't care at all about that and you just want to see man versus woman versus man yeah. versus boy versus experience versus youth, then Indy has all of that. And, and it makes me think about I saw I was I was on some social I guess it was probably Twitter and I saw somebody. Uh, tweet about formula one it was a big it was a big star and one of the comments was why would you condone such a non-green thing you know today and and look you know they that's fine and that's noble and but formula one has put their money where their mouth is they are moving forward for non you know for sustainability they're saying by 2030 they're going to be completely Hmm. uh carbon neutral and you know with with alternative fuels that are carbon neutral with, you know, they're already massively hybrid and getting more hybrid. Uh, and and now that leads into what Andy was saying about the Indy cars n- delaying hybrids again. I mean, weren't they supposed to do this all the way back? Well, they were supposed to go hybrid in 21, I believe. Right. And then- yeah, but actually maybe I misunderstood. I'm pretty sure they're still going hybrid. They're just not upgrading the engine formula. So they're, they're sticking okay. to the engine, but, but adding right. like the, the hybrid right. um, yeah. part of it, which is a, it's going to be a spec hybrid uh, system all team. Yeah. for all the cars. Yeah. I tell so you- they're trying. I, I think at the end of the day, I think it, honestly, I doubt it was IndyCar's decision. It was uh, Chevy and Honda. Yeah, that exactly. were like, yeah. why don't we just not spend a bunch of money and stick to what we have? And you put the hybrids in anyway. And and then we can still spend money on marketing, you know. So you know, yeah. Sadly, it, it, that you know, in the not so flashy, glamorous side of it, which by the way, it's much harder for IndyCar because just the budgets are just not what they are in, in Formula One. They maybe some of this money is going to fund this TV show. You know, who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 
Well, the, the 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 sort of if you, if you can if I can round up the whole conversation, what I'm really enjoying more than anything is that both Formula One and Indy are in the same headspace now. Mm-hmm. When you when you think about the stories, the big stories of, of 2022, um, you know, in Formula One, a lot of them were Colton Herta, were Haas, were sorry not Haas, but um, but were Andretti, were stories that involved pr- uh, principally Indy drivers and Indy cars but also going both ways. Formula One drivers getting involved in Indy or Marcus Eriksson winning the 500. You know, they're really, for the first time in my history of some 30 years involved in motor racing, have I ever seen Indy and Formula One so aligned and, you know, and quite rightly, which wasn't the case when Bernie was around, but quite rightly sort of complementing each other um, about super license points and what it means and helping Mm -hmm. the young guys get through. Um, Tony knows this, you know, the, the road to Indy has, um, some drivers that also do the FIA F4 and FR championships. So there's a lot of crossovers. Yeah. All right. Let's get our last break in real quick. And when we come back, we'll have another 15 minutes to continue our discussion. Listen to Sunday night with Speed City back after this. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com That's MotivationUSA.com If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at velocity underscore RD. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Um, that what, kid's got potential. <laughs> that Jeff Gordon, Gordon kid. Remember his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, what made me think of inviting you on the show, Tony, I, I, uh, I had did that deal with James Hinchcliffe. That's what reminded me. It's like, I need to call Tony, because we were talking about you before we went live on the radio I said, yeah, we got a mutual friend. And he goes, oh, I love Tony. He's great. But uh, we have a clip from James Hinchcliffe because this was from our show, uh, Wheel to Wheel. And we were talking about Sebastian Vettel and we were talking about Daniel Ricciardo and how these drivers, when they move teams, something just something happens. And, you know, Vettel, when he went to Ferrari, he lost some of it. And then when he, you know, by the end of his career, it was like it wasn't. It's not that he was that much older. He just wasn't working. And, and I asked James, I said, what, yeah, this was good. what, why, why does this happen? And he had the best answer that I'd heard. Let's hear James Hinchcliffe. I want to ask James this is that, you know, I know these guys are getting older, but is it just that? Or is it when you shift to a different car and a different team, just the magic, that mix that it takes, is that what you think may have happened? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think when, when you really break down what motorsports is at its core it's not cars it's not engines it's not tires it's people and you know i think if you look back at any sort of successful like insanely successful run from any driver and team there's a perfect cocktail of the right personalities around each other it's not just the driver to be able to perform at their best it's team managers the team principals the strategists the engineers everybody and we're talking about a game of, of hundreds and thousands of a second, you know, when you're trying to fight your teammate, you're trying to fight these 18, 19 other drivers. If one little piece of that recipe is off, it's amazing the difference that it can have in the performance of an athlete. And that's true of any sport. And uh, it's just so glaringly obvious in motorsports because you're directly compared to one other person the entire time. You know, if you're playing football or you're playing baseball or basketball, it's a little harder to make those direct comparisons and you can sort of work around maybe one person being outside of, of your comfort zone. 
but I just I just think the the, the cocktail, the recipe at Ferrari just wasn't wasn't perfect for what Seb needed, and uh, and ultimately that led to them you know parting ways the way they did. I think that's the best explanation I've heard of that because <laughs> I, I I really because that cocktail, like you said, and you know that that's easily what could have happened to Seb. So yeah, thank you, fascinating. Tony, I bet you're you were smiling when he was saying that. I bet you guys talk about that all the time. It's Speed Group, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, you know it's funny that l- lesson, which I also like to call it different. Way, like, there's no magic bullets, and you know, like everything, one percent at a time, you got to get better. It from my life in motorsports is what has really helped me in my life in business, uh, because uh, you know a, a team in business or a company or another sports team like it, it's all that and and yes you can't just just because you move things around doesn't mean that that they stay the same you got to <laughs> build it up right so yeah I love what Hinch said I fully agree and that's what we always try to teach the young drivers that we uh, that we manage that is like look there's no magic you just got to work hard at everybody like one little piece at a time you got to get your team together you got to get a flow. You gotta fix things properly. You gotta create relationships. You gotta be a quarterback as a driver, right? You gotta mm-hmm. like get the team behind you, and and then other things have to fall in place. You gotta have the engineers. You gotta have the budget. You gotta have all this stuff. So, yeah, fully agree. Mm. It's amazing actually when you put it all together like that. Just how hard it is. Yeah, and and you know you finish seventh in the championship and people go. Oh. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Let me explain what we did. Yeah, <laughs> It was like, we did this, we did that. I, yeah, I, I just love that. And I wanted to, to bring that to tonight's show because I thought about you, Tony. Uh, speaking of docuseries, Williams F1 is doing their own little mini docuseries uh, on Logan Sargent's entry into Formula One. I just saw that on their website. It's pretty cool. They, they're doing it like little three to five minute segments. I don't know how many there, how it's, what it's going to well, be. Well, that, that's something to get at. When, when will that, I mean, presumably that'll the start next one's March. Out. The, oh, first the first one's, first one's out, out okay. right now. Yeah. yeah. First one's out right so now. So it'll lead up to his first run. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Logan? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know him that well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, I think it's great that he's there. Uh, I don't want to speak too much because I, I haven't followed him as much as I follow other drivers. And uh, um, from what I hear, you know, uh, first of all, it's great to have an American driver. Right? I think it's great yeah. for everything, right? for many, many reasons. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we will see. He's going to have a lot of pressure. But so far, I mean, you know, he has a pretty good background, right, and pretty good career. So let, let's push for it. And see what he'll be racing three times in the U.S. next year. And, I know. And, Still bad, two still bad that we can't have Herta in there. Then that's very annoying. But that's, <laughs> that's a whole different discussion, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's annoying when when Helmut Marco says the deal has been done. <laughs> yeah, live on yeah. our show that we that we got quoted all <laughs> over the world. That was he, he broke it right on our show. Yeah, and it was we really were pretty like, cool. He's, he announced it in the paddock like 15 minutes later, but he broke it live on our show. Medlin asked cool. him, stuck a mic in his hand in his face, and he said it. And we were like, wait, what? Did what? he just say that? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Very cool. That was one of our favorite moments of the entire year. But Jonathan, you had a couple stories in here. Your buddy Marcus Anstrom. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I'm just about to go and do the Toyota Racing Series again. And as Tony knows, he's sent drivers down there in the past. Um, you know, uh, we've had COVID. It's it, it's gone out of the limelight for the last couple of years, as as have much of the Junior Series, because traveling international drivers is a tough thing to do. Macau has suffered from it. Um, Toyota have suffered from it, but this year we're back and running um, as normal uh, post-COVID. Uh, we've got four American drivers, um, uh, some of which I can talk about, some of which I can't. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, Tony, I remember you with Will uh, coming down, uh, or at least sending Will Owens down. Um, you know, it's it's been a happy hunting ground for, for young drivers, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Will Owen was racing there against Lando Norris. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember him, everybody saying like, oh, yeah, this guy is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously. No, I mean, it's always been a fantastic championship right down there. It's it's very condensed. It's uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck. And um, and I hope it keeps going. Yeah. And sorry to answer your question. Yeah, I think that, that all comes around to the fact that Indy this year has three major, major uh, IndyCar drivers in Scott Dixon, obviously, the the GOAT, uh, Scott McLaughlin, a wannabe GOAT, uh, and Marcus Arm... <laughs> McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, yeah. You remember that? I know, yeah. 
And uh, of course, Marcus Armstrong, who basically grew up idolizing Scott Dixon and was a you know a Ferrari junior, has been in F two for the last two years, um, you know. And I think just like Ericsson and just like Polo and a few others, he'll fit quite nicely. Uh, and we haven't seen the best of him. I mean, he's up there with Sargent. If you if we're just on the same lines of Sargent, then you know. But I mean, and and the Ferrari Academy has spat out Schumacher and Armstrong in the last couple of years. Really good talent. And I I don't know. I I'm, I remain a cynical cynic about these junior programs because while it sounds great to be part of the Red Bull Junior Program or the Ferrari Academy, you know how many can you get? <laughs> yeah. And Ganassi has an amazing history of. Yep. You know, finding those talents in Europe. Yeah. Montoya, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, yep. and many I've others, heard of right? <laughs> um, so, no, that, that that's it's great to kind of keep it fresh um, and, and get more people here. And it's not just in Indy. Um, you know, the, the favorite for the Indy Lights or the next Indy, Indy Next Championship is Jamie Chadwick's teammate, uh, Hunter McElroy, um, who's another Kiwi. So there's a lot. I mean, in other words, that they're continuing to produce the young Scott Dixons of the world in single seaters, and a lot of them are coming over here to America. Um, Callum Hedge, Peter Badanovich, all of these guys, uh, Ryan Yardley, have all been, you know, have kind of said if they wanted to keep their single-seater careers going, they've come to the States rather than go to Europe. And that mm. it's, it's just a good, op, op, you know, a, a chance to, to keep racing. Matt Clark, one of your guys that you're helping out, right? That's right, yeah. Matt. Well, he's a Canadian, yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying he's a young, uh, up-and-coming yeah, yeah, Max, uh, the um, young protege that we've taken over at Speed Group, uh, Hinchcliffe is his mentor, yeah. and uh, he just dominated and won the USF Juniors uh, Championship, yeah. which is um, the first uh, rung in the Road to Indy ladder. Moving up to USF 2000, he'll announce here this week what team he's with and all that stuff. So maybe we can have him here for him. What, what I like about the, the show, Road to yeah. Yeah. yeah, what I like about the Road to Indy is. If you win the championship, you genuinely get a ticket to ride. There's no if, buts, have you got enough super license yeah, points? Good point. It's basically here's your scholarship, here's your drive, you pick your team. Yeah. And exactly. I love that. Yeah, and it gives you a path, right? Like yeah. you know, we're 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 working with Mag, you know, he's got amazing um raw talent and also he's he's just a great young young man, uh great head on his shoulders, he's great with sponsors, he's great with the media. So we're slowly working with him, right, to to hopefully do sort of like the Kyle Kirkwood, Kirkwood yeah. uh, path, right, where yep. we can just keep winning and get it there because he definitely doesn't come from money and and, it, and his family works super hard to um to make sure he stays there, but it's not easy, right? So so we're working with him to really do that. But if we if if the Road to Indy scholarship program wasn't there, that would be a quite a quite a feat to try to you know just yeah. to, even to plan it. it's like well how do you get there you know and and this gives you at least a path like it's still you know you still gotta win everything but it's, a <laughs> it's clear... not easy but it gives you at least a yeah. direction to go right, All right we, we're almost out of time there's a couple more stories i want uh, one i want to talk about andretti global f1 effort last week they had the groundbreaking of the new giant headquarters just outside indiana but a fantastic story by nathan brown of the indy star newspaper he followed up with Andretti about their Formula One effort. And he started saying some things that had never been said before. He talked about that he name dropped uh, Mark Walter, the CEO of Guggenheim Partners, who manage approximately $300 billion as a um, investment group, right? And they are involved in the Andretti Global F1 effort. So, you, you know, it's all about money in F1, right? And and Christian Horner and Total Wolf, everybody saying, oh, the slice of the pie, blah, 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 and which we all thought was absurd. This is Andretti, right? Um, so they're, they're saying that they are involved. And also he asked him when, and they said, let me get this right because I'm going to quote it. He said, uh, he said, we're hoping in the next couple of weeks that sure would be a nice Christmas present when they could wow. hear back from F1. That flew completely under the radar. I didn't hear anybody talking about this. And by the way, Andy uh, Nathan Brown at at the Indy Star is if you want to keep up with Indy stuff, he's a fantastic journalist. He has, does a great job. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about is one of my favorite Christmas traditions happened. It just happened about <laughs> four hours ago. Mario Andretti tweeted hey! his <laughs> tweeted his Christmas tree and invites <laughs> everyone to tweet theirs. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, Tony. But he replies to every yeah. single one. I have no idea how he does it because it's Mario Andretti. Everybody replies with a picture of their Christmas tree. 
And he, he looks at, and he doesn't say, thanks, thanks. He looks at them and comments about yeah. a present underneath it or something in the background. He looks at every single one. So if you want your moment with Mario Andretti, just tweet him a picture of your Christmas tree. It's one of my favorite traditions. You've been doing do, it. I'm going to do it when I get home. Yeah. By, by the way, you, <laughs> you, you've got the panel at South by Southwest, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we had Mario. We, yeah. Okay, yeah, we had Mario on our panel, and he was awesome. So thanks. the motor racing fans are ready for a yeah. South by. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Sunday night. Thanks That's a lot, Tony. Trails. Thanks, Thank you, Tony. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.